Hello. It is 10.49. Um, this is Catherine Frederick again. This is part two of Keep Your Eyes Open. Um, they only give you a certain amount, amount, so I have to just go ahead and um, do a part two. So I forgot, but yeah, this is what I was saying. Um, Lord, is it's get heavier, um, but also lighter when you do have God um, trying to to get your attention. While they're trying to get your attention. So, um, so, okay. This is, um, this is another part of it. You can lose your train of thought. Your train of thought. Um, because it's of the current and the food and the your drinking water. You know my complex. They turned off my water several times just to make sure that when they re put it back on, that whatever is in my water that I bathe with, I can smell it. When I'm bathing, the water I cook with to feed my daughter. Um, my refrigerator, my microwave, my AC vent, it's all, it's all been affected. So if you're a homeowner, you know, Try to do as much as you can to do things of yourself to stay alive longer and to, um, you know, keep your kids, you know, if they're un, if they're being affected by it. But have no mistake, you might have a kid who's a part of the network and um, coming against you because, um, you know, they they construed and twist and turned them against you and now they could be living with you helping people poison you now I don't know exactly why altogether maybe I'm praying and hoping that you will know by whenever time this is that you are uncovered the reason why these people did um, everything in this manner. Um, so this is what I've gotten so far. As they will reveal more things to you as you know. And that's what I was saying in the last. You know part one of this is that. Us um, keep your eyes open is because. Um, like I said I. I. I start feeling a little bit more um, of the symptoms are being, you know, being affected by the network a lot more when I got home to Jacksonville. I reside in Tampa right now, Tampa, Florida, but I'm born and raised in Jacksonville, Florida, and I came here through a domestic violence situation, but um, I realized that during a domestic violence situation, um, you know, I, I learned a lot, you know, well, not learned a lot, but I had to move here because of it. Um, this was where they chose for me to come and go. And um, so this is where I was put, this is why I was put here. 
That's why they brought me here, I guess. So I'm not completely sure how long it's been happening, but I do know that this is how, ten, about 10 years, this is how long I've been um, exposed to it that I know of. And, um, and so, um, like I said in Untold Truth um, Part 2, that I was, um, I'm on Section 8, and on Part 1 of Keeping Your Head Up, that I was in um, YMCA, and I left a child, so those behind and I thought that you know maybe those are the reason why or those are the ways that they can entrap me going to jail because um either messing up somewhere along the way and not thinking much of it or um you know embellishing on some things in a time where I wasn't fully in my walk with God um so I advise you to not have any government assistance or be on any assistance. That you should trust God fully and not, you know, live on anything that they would help. They have to help you with. Um, because it could be used any type of way against you. Unemployment could be used against you, Section 8, HUD, um, anything like that. So if, if you have to live in the woods or live in a hotel, um, do anything that you have to do in order to do things on your own. Even when you are or try to be a homeowner, you know, do, do anything. Um, don't put yourself in a predicament where you're alone with anybody who can say that you raped them. Anything like that. Any paperwork that is um, that has to be subpoenaed. Um, don't lie on anything, even if you're afraid to tell the truth because you get something might happen. Um, but stay away from everything that society has to offer. Um, anyway shape or form that you could do it um through um a sanctuary um somewhere where you at least have a um you know a, a godhead that has no um agenda and has no feelings to want to hurt you no matter if you said anything wrong or you know looked at him funny anything that you know somebody who is you know steadfast but secure in um all they do and they that they won't they won't turn on you for anything that you um that they you know just make sure that person is is very grounded and very unmoved by anything um and that's the safest person you could live with. Um, that's the safest person that you could try to get help from. Um, and um, so, yeah, I just try to stay away from the mistakes that I've made. Um, especially if you have any kids or any family that might be affected by it. So I went each time God reveals something or he allowed Phil to reveal it to me. By this time, and I am completely fully convinced that I'm being revealed a lot of things now because they are finding ways to zoom in on trying to, you know, martyr us. And the way I use that word now is because it felt like the more that I talk about God or read 
or try to ask God for guidance. They let me know that I'm not a Christian or a believer. But I'm thinking, who else would you go to on a um, vacillating and um, fickle world when you have a God that's unchanging? His hand is unchanging. So even if you're not ready or you don't fully know him, it's it's good to pursue him either, either way. And don't let anybody tell you what you're not and what you can't be in spite of. Because there have some religion people who would tell you you're not you're not a part of the body. You're not you're not you're not accepted in the beloved after you get saved. Um, everything that you do or say, they will say that you're not this and not that. So they'll do anything to belittle you or to diminish your worth. Even in God, the encouragement um, to get closer to God or be un- or to be more sovereign in him to be more close to him to be you know walking towards them they will water it down as much as they can um anything that you were secure in about god and your walk they will do anything to try to take that from you so when you have the peace of god dwelling in you they would they will call it something else um your pursuit of god they will call it something else. So everything that they have um, the rights to through calling on God or, you know, praying and believing that God is answering prayers and and that you have this grace that everything that you do, God, God not He's the forgiving God, but he gives you the grace for the things that you, you're you not perfect in. And so they'll try to change that part. You know, you can have a thought of something that, you know, you don't want. But you cast that thought down. Don't let them tell you that that thought is you and is a part of your life and how your thought process or how you operate in your struggle is... um saying that God doesn't love you or that you're not a part of the body or that God um see you less than than they than you know they are so um even if they're on fire for God Christian but the, if they say anything about your walk and they're not saying it in love and in truth and trying to help you perfect that walk don't listen because that's not coming from God. God comes to perfect the walk. When Pharisees and Sadducees come to tell you that you have to be looking like this, talking like this, and doing certain things, and yeah, the Spirit of God is going to want you to pursue those things. So that's when you're doing it in your pursuit. And in your pursuit, that's when the devil will come to try to steal and 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 take that word from you. So in pursuit of your laying hands on someone, they'll tell you you're not a Christian. So why are you trying to lay hands on someone? And you're pursued and trying to um, go to church. They'll tell you you're not a Christian. So why are you trying to go to church? You're in pursuit of going to the altar and they don't want you there. You're in pursuit of praying to God and fasting, and they're saying that you're fasting for nothing because you're not a Christian. Um, Instead of saying, hey, you know, they call you, you know, they're not obligated, you know, but at the same time, they're not obligated to tell you that you're not a Christian either. And that they're not to tear down the body of Christ, but to edify it and to lift it up because that's what God came to do.
He came to fulfill the law, you know, so that he is the law. So everything that you do is in God. Your strength to even go on through this network is in God. Your strength to pursue and ask him for forgiveness. Don't let anybody tell you you're not forgiven. Especially if you're not doing anything to hurt individuals. Um, they will make you seem like you are the one who are being a threat to them. Um, so they will try to guilt you into feeling like you're a threat to them. Let me tell you, every day I'm here. This is why I get really cute for it. Because I'm... I'm not a threat to them physically because I come home. Um, I'm not omnipresent. I'm not like on one side of the city and in the other side at the same time. I'm not that. So when I go to the store, there's someone in here orchestrating and doing stuff to my um, apartment while I'm away doing stuff to my even the furniture that I have, I can feel electric currents through my pillow and my couch, my daughter's bed, and I have no bed at all. I sleep on the couch every night, but I have no choice but to sleep on the couch. And even though the couch is going against my body because every time I wake up, I feel like I've been, you know, exercising times 20 I always have this soreness. So, um, you know, I, I, it just be hard. You know, the, the time that you could be reading the word, there's times where I'm starting to read the word and they do something to where it makes me feel like I want to go to sleep. Now, if I was in a regular world um, and I start reading the Bible and I'm getting sleepy, and then I will believe that it's the spirit behind it. Now, I know we wrestle not against flesh, flesh and blood, but principalities that sit in high places. So there's a spirit behind each person, and there's a door behind each person. And they lead you to something. It leads to something. Um, and um, there's a lot of times where you just believe that, you know, you you're you're you'll be safe and you know you'll you'll be in a place where you could have safety even like in the sanctuary. I just found that um people used to call the um sanctuary I apologize for that. People used to yell sanctuary, sanctuary, and that you'd be able to go into a church and no one can, you know, harm you there. But that's not what happened with my first episode and I went to the church. I was being harmed by some people there. But um, once you're saved, you know, you'll have symptoms following your salvation and when you're struggling with something um, and you have something inside of you telling you that is wrong most likely it's the Holy Spirit anything that's not um, the Holy Spirit will tell you it's okay to drink it's okay to smoke God knows my heart that's not the Spirit of God in you or try it again once you try it again and you feel like what you're going through or what you said or what you thought and it's not of God and you try to redo it again or try to fight against it, then that's the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you. I'm here to tell you that that means you're saved. You are a child of God. Um, and any time that they try to come against your mind and tell you otherwise just rebuke it and send it back and don't let it settle in your spirit 
because once somebody continue to tell you're not a Christian and you hear it you hear it like a thousand times, you will never ever ever really believe that that's what you are. That's why people never change in a body because somebody always telling them opposite and speaking over their life that's something that's not good. And if you actually believe it and never cast it down, and when you hear it a lot of times and over and over again, you might start to believe it. And your faith that you are made whole in him will start to die. And then it can be true to you, then it's true. So don't let nobody ever call you, tell you're not something that God said that you are. Whatever he calls clean is clean. Whatever he said is made whole is made whole. On whatever he said he's working on and starting on and that he's perfecting on, that's what it is. And if that's you and you feel unworthy, don't. Long as you're growing and long as God is putting his spirit on you where you can at least feel the times where you're not supposed to be doing something and you second guess it but you want to redo it you want to change it anytime you want to change something and go back and start over then the spirit of god is in you you know um but there's times where these thoughts and things happen to where you where i'm being accused of now so this is what I'm being accused of and this is why the network is attacking me. So I um recently went home and I heard it before. I'm not completely sure if I put it in my other in the um other segments or episodes before now, but I it's just hard to, to, you know, remember right at the moment because they're trying to affect my body as I speak during the second part. Um, so I am um, almost stagnant with my um, thoughts when I try to come against it because there's, there's constantly people driving by threatening me still. And then using my um using my couch and their phone device or laptop, whatever device they have to to um get me off focus while I'm trying to send off this message to you guys. Um but um This is this is why. So around Mother's Day, the first time I um, been affected, affected like really bad. Um, being there, like going there, I was fine. But when I got there, I was having dreams and and I was waking up, you know, my heart beating fast and I'm going scared and crazy and. It's the first time I felt like this around them. So I'm thinking, what is this? You know? And so everywhere I went, in my family's house, my both of my sister's house, being around my niece and nephew's house, everywhere I went, it was, um, um, I was being affected, um, my my mind, my eyesight, the tingling started again. Um, the the taste, the loss of taste in my tongue, the penny taste again. All that stuff that happened to me when I'm you know here in Tampa and never around my family, so I never expected any of my family except one of my sisters. But you know that was that was. I didn't feel like it was completely a confirmation because at the time it had me in complete paranoia and um, 
I was suspicious of everything and everybody. I was complete paranoia the first um, episode because I, I wasn't used to it by then. But imagine 10 years later when things are starting to, you know, you've been exposed so long that some things, you know, when you go to God to about, he will start to like lift and, and reveal and also cover you. So, but in that covering, sometimes you just, you're not sure like if it's going to get worse. Like, even though my body doesn't be completely affected as far as the tingling, like all over as strong as it did, or like the pains, as strong as it did when it first happened, but um, that makes it kind of worse to find other ways to hurt you. So, um, yeah, that's why I say try to keep your head, your hands clean and your, um, you know, thoughts as clear as you can. But a lot of the thoughts are not my own. So, um, again, just try to cast them down as much as you can. They'll try to use that against you even if they're orchestrating it. Um, things that comes in your, your thought process and in your mind that never um, occurred before um, so yeah I'm I'm around them and I'm starting to feel these things so now in the midst of me being there um, I wake up and I realize that is instead of getting help from my family they were the reasons why I'm I started going through the network or um, they knew that I was a part of it because they either started it or they sold me to it and this is why um, I feel like you know Joseph in a sense far as being like sold or to being turned over to this network thing and um, you know to see you go through all this pain and suffering and harm and you know your kid too and there's a time where I believe that they you know they aborted my unborn child I didn't make fun of it now you know I go around places and they're like are you sleeping a lot are you pregnant and you know things like that but I believe that if I was pregnant that they'll be trying a lot to try to make sure that that pregnancy will not come the full term um so um it's a lot that they're doing um and um I don't understand it so I think about it a lot so in me in in while I'm thinking about it it um you know it it raised a lot of flags towards the people and then in me, um, you know, being, you know, ah, Christ is going to get you. <laughs> I went through that stage. Christ is going to get you. And I'm, and I'm feeling confident that, you know, God is going to come through because God is not a God of murder, of, of malice. God is not a God of, 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 you know, of the things I was going. He doesn't. God is God of love, so he doesn't poison. And even when he's the wrath part of God, he 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 start to do that on a, a group and you know, let letting certain things happen to you. Of course he'll let it happen to you. You're in rebellion. But once you turn away from your sin and you repent and you ask God to forgive you and you repent and you return, you turn away from your sin and you have nothing but ministry on your mind and you have nothing but re re fixing everything that you want to do um you know for the body and you're thinking about mission work and you're thinking about moving to remote countries and and you know telling the gospel but you know they're trying to tell you that's not what you are so don't even think about preaching or talking about God to anybody 
anywhere and that you're not going to be able to go anywhere because they're going to orchestrate you not to fly or to drive or to do anything. And if you manage to get past it and they allow you to, for some reason, um, they're still, they're still, you know, your, your food and your drink and all that in question at the same time. So, you know, um, you still have to completely be on, you know, for God, you have to completely start doing those things. But once you turn away from all the sinful nature that you, and you're, you're pursuing God and trying to be intentional, um, as much as you can going through this, because people talking to you while you're in the middle of your sleep or, you know, coming against your mind while you're sleeping or in your body at the same time you can't go wake up in the middle of the night and get water so they're they're playing with your bladder to wake you up for you to go use the bathroom and then you have the cotton mouth or penny taste in your mouth well you go get a glass of water and try to drink it and then now you know to quench your thirst from the penny taste and to rinse your mouth out but now their toothpaste and your soap is is affected. So now you have whatever is in your system. So when you go lay back down, they have electric currents and stuff going through your body while they're talking to you. And at the same time, they're 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 putting a lot of drainage on your body and your mind at the same time. And you know, sometimes you can push yourself to do it, but every day is a push. And in the days that it's not a push, and that's not that long, but when they do do it, you know, it's still settled. They're still subtly doing stuff to you, just not as much, you know, and they're still invading your privacy at the same time. So whatever you say and do can and will be held against you. It will be held against you. It will be held against you. So if you're making a mistake and you want to correct it later, like these things that I was doing there at home, this is the main thing I was thinking I was going through. So I was struggling with um, being a klepto. What has been there since I was a kid? Um, I believe that seeing certain things growing up caused me to be, you know, you know who I was growing up and um you know um that's one of the things that stuck with me my when I was stealing from my you know my brother to get because I started off to do it to get clothes and stuff because one day my my um my um dad them were like you know disappearing and and my mom lost her job so we didn't have stuff like we used to, that the stuff that we are used to having, so that's what made me start stealing again. Like I, I wouldn't still still before, but I start taking stuff because my mom was not no longer able to, you know, get stuff anymore, and we wouldn't be able to like have certain clothes or things. And the kids are cruel. She, yeah, you know, they have your hair done. And have certain things that you get picked on all the time. And I didn't want to get picked on anymore. um, Because I went through that in elementary school. Uh, I peed in the bed um, all the time. And when I got peed in the, when I peed in the bed, my, um, I was sent to school with pee on me. I wasn't allowed to take a bath or, or anything like that. I was sent like that. A lot of times, you know, for punishment. So I would get picked on, you know, for smelling like that. So um, in high school and middle school and stuff, uh, middle school was pretty much okay. But high school, my dad moved far and I wasn't able to. We didn't. He wasn't around anymore as much as he was. So I used to, like, take stuff um from the mall and this and things like that. So fast forward, now I'm I'm going to my family's 
you know, so I do that at work and stuff like that. Like I'll not mind, you know, not thinking about it too hard. But, you know, one day I, I took a water hose from work and I didn't even need a water hose. Um, I live in an apartment and I have a balcony and I don't have a spigot to really use. So I can't even use the water hose. Sometimes I take things that I don't even need. Oh, which bring me back to this one point. They, once I bought everything, so I guess, um, so I, I did that. I took a scarf from my niece or, you know, things like that. You know, but there's times where, you know, we took things from each other without asking since I can remember. And I thought that with them it would be okay, but not with the scarf. That, I didn't really believe that was going to be okay. Um, I completely believed that she was going to tell me no, but I was just going to give it back in a timely manner. I was just going to use it, and I always think that way. I'm going to use it, and I'm going to give it right back. But I always do something to ruin it. So when I borrow or take something, because in my mind I'm borrowing it, I'll borrow the contacts, rip them, and be afraid to take them back. Um, get the scarf, then I get ready to wash it and take it back. I can't because I ruined it. So now I have it and I feel like I can't, you know, return it. And I don't want to, you know, make them, you know, feel, have the feeling of them yelling at me for doing stuff like that. But other than that, I'll be stuff like that, um you know, go around taking plants, you know, things like that. Plants, I see random places or at somebody's in the trash dump. I see them put something out and I'll take it. Or this old house I was around had a bunch of stuff you just collected. Sometimes I took those things, you know, and a lot of times I put it use it and other times I just don't use it sometimes I give it to somebody else like my brother or whatever or just stuff like that so I had a problem with that um so when I found out my family was a part of the network I thought but the whole time I used to be so adamant about not watching them or not being around them or doing certain things like I stayed away from them for a while because I didn't want them to be you know targeted later you know so and we're like why don't you come visit and I was like well they can see what I see and they can see what I do and I don't want you guys to be affected by it but then I was like well what does that mean do I never see my family ever again and I didn't want that to happen so I just I just was like forget about it I'll just go you know and start to be around them and that's when certain things start to happen um that's throughout the years um it'd be the subtle things like you know I'll eat crackers or like at this point anything is is bad for me now so I can eat crackers in the room or I can like use somebody makeup or put on underwear anything anything that was not asked if I didn't ask them. Now I'm looked at as um, a person who's just stealing everything everywhere. I was even accused of like, you know, being a um, underwear sniffer. I sniff mine and my daughter's just to make sure like when I wash them by hand or, you know, certain things, I just wanted to make sure they clean. I have a habit of doing that too. I have a weird habits of just you know, using soap to like, um, you know, brush my teeth sometimes. Like I, I'm a, just a yeah, average human being who does little weird stuff um, that I picked up from growing up, you know, or being around certain things or just, you know, but I never thought or never felt that I was so different than any other person because I done met a lot of different characters in my lifetime and I seen worse. So I never looked at myself as completely like just the worst person in the world. But I mean, during the network, I've been called the worst person in the world. So, um, yeah, that's 
they're they're gonna try to make you feel really terrible but so i mean and this is why so i've been um told that i was um a child molester and i have no thought you know i don't have any memories of being a child molester i have no you know of doing anything as as the such anything you know but um my nieces and nephews and um people in my family said that I I molested them and they won't tell me through the through you know face to face or over the phone or anything like that throughout the years I'm almost 40 years old I never had any thought at all that that ever happened so during the network I was completely shocked that this is one of the reasons why I'm going through this was the main reason or it's the reason other stuff I guess it's just the irritation to them I mean but you know I said a lot of things because I'm attached to people that I you know I, I find this more strange um, before I found out about the molestation but um, they told me through just I'm sitting on the porch and um, at my mom's house and they decided to tell me through my mind so my my mouth is closed I'm just looking at the sky and then I hear in my mind um, out loud so it's not like my mind it's like a radio playing that's how it sounds like like you have a radio playing and now it's not you can hear it loud in your ears it's not like through your mind, but you can say it's through your mind because there's no radio playing. So it feels like a radio, like they're speaking through the radio. They're speaking through the TV and they were talking about goodbye. There's dancing around and saying bye and that I'm going to die. And, you know, they showed me visions of them saying goodbye, that this is it. They're They're not going to, you know... They they don't care about me. They don't love me because they found out that I molested some kids. Well, I I um I was a kid when I committed this crime. But the crazy part about it is that I have no recollection of me doing it. I have no memory. So that's what got everything more intense with them fighting against me is because they were mad and upset that I did not remember what I did. So that's what made me even go a little bit longer on this trip about doing it in my own strength, trying to figure out what's happening, what's going on, because I don't know why they're accusing me of it. And I, I'm so I'm thinking it has to be money involved that I angered them. I still don't know if it's money involved. Um, but I feel like they wouldn't lie about that. But at the same time, when it happened, I was completely in elementary school, not middle school, not high school, nothing above elementary school. And I completely believed that I was possessed or taken over by another spirit because I don't have memory. Sometimes I see people say they lose their thought process and things like that. So when I'm get the things that I'm being accused of, I have no memory of. So that's why I felt like a lot of this was um, completely, you know, thrown off, um, unfair at one point. Because when I first found out it was, you know, true, and this is the reason why they're doing this stuff to me, I really felt, you know, terrible. Because I'm like, I really, I can't believe I was a part of hurting, you know, people that I, I wanted to see do good in life. I was proud of and happy that things were going good for them. And was not I couldn't I was happy to be around them I was happy to be a part of their life and I just never knew that 
I was one of the things that were hurting them like this whole these whole all of these years throughout my life never so they said this happened to them when they were little kids and I was a little kid and I was a little kid um molesting little kids um I just don't want to take on the the term child molester because while they told me that I'm a child molester now, I just don't receive, you know, it because God told me that I'm I'm made new and I can't keep calling myself and being something and keep saying I am this molester, I am this and that. I acknowledged it, I did, but I don't want to I don't want to label myself as that because I am who I say I am and I'm not going to label myself as a child molester as being a child so I'm being prosecuted right now um, for something I did in elementary school so high school went by I went through a lot of things in my life um, domestic violence, um, drug usage, um, everything. And I, I, I never even, um, I, I never even had like, um, an education in my mind. Um, I already been, well, born with disabilities where my, I don't have like the same, um, um, you know, smarts that some people are just born with me um i'm i'm better with my hands and trying to do things with my hands or you know labor things than i am with you know being book smart so um not being book smart in this society before there are phones and before there were Google and things like that, I didn't have that. So I struggled trying to learn and read. And I have not never had anybody sit down with me to try to teach me how to do homework or any anything like that. I was not set down to learn how to read or write. Um, even um, as an adult trying to read and write, um, just sending out letters or doing certain things. I was never told that it was wrong. It was just like, whatever, you know. So um, when I first found this out, it devastated me. I cried for a couple of days. I, I slipped in a depression. And my daughter came. That's also being accused of the same thing that she did in elementary. She's 18 now about to be 19 and she doesn't have any memory of doing some of these things either so we're in a complete shock and we're we're very flabbergasted on how these things are like being said or coming against us for you know and I really believe that that place that I grew up in because I put things in my mind that wasn't true about my childhood being you know the greatest but then when I went to go look back just to see if I can remember of me doing any of these things especially to the ones that I I like being around the most I just was just really trying to like thought you know, I wanted to punish myself just to think about what I did for them to be so angry. Because, again, they're poisoning my food. And they're they're doing this to me and my daughter. My daughter, I think she was like nine years old. And I don't want to be like a victim. I don't want to have a victim mentality of this. But, you know, it's... It's hard some days because I'm constantly being under attack by somebody I never met in my whole entire life. And my life is being displayed. And so um, 
at the same time, you know, that I heard that I'm popular and that the whole Tampa area is coming against me and there's nowhere I can go or nothing I can do that I'll be free from having clean food or water or being, you know, hurt. They're saying, you know, where I go will be safe for me and my child, my mom or my brother. They keep tearing up his car every time we go look for a car, buy a car. It's been, it's been tainted with, I mean, I had computers, um, printers, things that I never even used, never even used before, and they broke it. And they still want me to pay for it. They they didn't they tore up everything that I tried to buy to make my life a better because of because of this. Now I have to start a part three of keeping your eyes open. But again, stay with me. Um, I'm just going to do as much as I can while I can because it's being intensified and I'm being threatened even more and more. And because the word stays on my heart or God stays in my mind, in spite of what they say about my walk with the Lord, how less, how strong it needs to be a lot more and that they're trying to, you know, rush my walk with him and not saying it doesn't need to be rushed. It's just been um, hard at the same time because I've been thrown in the battle, not being prepared, prepared. And I'm still, um, still learning the ways of walking with him. So I'll call you. I'll call you. I'm sorry. I will see you in, in part three. Thanks for listening. God bless.